Happy Saturday, you lovely lurkers. What do you think about the Continental? 2023 vision, a rune scapegoat, and Blue Beetle, and Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1. Sounds like it's all about family. So let's lurk! Willie, you've had an unprecedented amount of time to enjoy life, relax, maybe mm-hmm. have a glass or 30 of wine. I don't want another, and, uh, ever. <laughs> and uh, yeah, watch some things, finally. Remember you were complaining how you didn't have time to do anything because life and work and blah, blah, blah. You don't have to worry about doing any wedding stuff, hopefully, ever again. <laughs> Hopefully. (laughs) Uh, So you know what I did? I was able to consume a lot of stuff. Good. Specifically, I downloaded on my phone Slay the Spire, and I beat it. All of it. All four characters. Done. You said you struggled to get through one. Scott, I had so much time on the airplane to watch movies, (gasps) to watch TV shows that I had downloaded, and I was excited. And then I started playing Slay the Spire, and that's all I've been doing. (laughs) it is Uh, so much fun all right we cannot recommend slay the spire enough you can check it out i believe it's a really old game uh but it recently been around forever if uh if you're just like us and you're just trying it out for the first time please do like you will not regret it yep now speaking of things that you will also not regret holy cow willie I, like many people, just stumbled into John Wick not knowing what I was going to get into, and it's got Hollywood and people's champion Keanu Reeves avenging his dog, kicking a whole lot of ass. And in the middle, he kind of goes to this hotel, this place where he can either rest or find future enemies to fight. Peacock, a.k.a. Why are you pointing at me like that? You know, like Willie. The cock. I'm wearing. I'm wearing black right now. <laughs> Not- you want me to put on my wedding dress again? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. The first one. <laughs> God. Anyway, the Continental is all about how the hotel came to be, why it is the way it is. Some of the characters are, you know, younger, a lot younger. No Keanu. So, if you were expecting that, sorry. But holy cow. The episodes are an hour and a half long. Or at least the first few are. And it each one feels like its own mini-movie. There's super high production value. There is action scenes just like in John Wick. And the character development and the story is just enthralling. I can't recommend this enough. I didn't have a chance to watch the first episode because it's an hour and a half long. But I started. And the cinematography, the storytelling, right off the bat, I would say is top-notch. There are a few things that I want to nitpick real quick. Go for it. This this main character is walking through this rave dance scene. Like, typical thing you'd see in, like, a... Blade movie or a Matrix movie, right? 
Sure. Yeah. And everybody is turning and saying, hey, what's up? Oh, my God. And it's so cliche because that doesn't happen. Like, that's not a real thing. And so, like, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, God, it's going to really be one of those not... bullshit story things. Like, it's just going to really go off of generic been... story tropes. Okay? Listen, I get you weren't popular in high school, all right? But that's a real thing. That happens. No. No, it doesn't. Yes, it absolutely does. I have a real-world example. I left my job for a year, moved out of state, came back, went to go visit that job. That scene was literally my scene. I had people who didn't know me coming up to me, and they're like, hey, I don't know what's going on, why everybody's coming over and saying hi to you, but I just thought I'd introduce myself just in case. (laughs) Screw you, man. (laughs) Okay, well, there's another thing. I'm still getting deep into my nitpicks, okay? Give me a minute. (laughs) Mr. Popular over here, prom king. There's one point where he reaches into a bucket of ice and grabs a champagne bottle that's empty. And he's still walking. It's still like one of those, like, West Wing scenes. And he grabs the the one-shot scene, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and hands it to what I was assuming was a server in the in the restaurant. It, it, this mm-hmm. is the blinking you would miss it moment. Hands it to this woman who keeps walking and just goes into the crowd and starts dancing while holding the bottle. What? I'm I'm, I'm waiting for the nitpick. <laughs> Could you imagine going to a club dancing? You you would hate it, but you're there, Scott, you're dancing and somebody who everybody's screaming their name, everybody's like, "Oh my god, look at Scotty G." And then he walks by you and hands you an empty champagne bottle and just Fs off. You wouldn't then proceed to just go dance. They were like, here, you throw this away. (laughs) The, the, did you, did you completely miss the clothing, the style that everybody was dressed as? This isn't like a current day scenario. This is in the past. Sure. A lot of, a lot of drinking, a lot of drugs, A lot of 60s slash 70s whenever this was taking place. So that's why everything was different back then, my friend. Not that I would know from experience, but I've watched a lot of period pieces. (laughs) You. (laughs) So I think it was just like disco boogie, kind of like anything goes, free love, and oh, somebody cool handed me a bottle. Sweet. This is like a souvenir now. There is one issue I have. My biggest nitpick. Oh, boy. Mel Gibson? He's <laughs> a main well, I'll, character. I'll have you know, just for people who may still not be on board the Gib train, he does play a bad guy. In fact, he plays the bad guy. Oh. So once you finish that first episode, you'll realize how it all comes together. Okay. Just fine. like... I'm not happy about it. Yeah, yeah. Just give it a chance. Give it a chance. Finish it up. Speaking of things coming together, Willie, our our moment in the sun has finally come. We as PC slash Xbox slash Microsoft fanboys. Oh my God! What do you have? Okay, it's my controller. Okay, the door it vibrates. Made me think. It made me think that it was a PlayStation controller for just a second. Oh. Not that there's anything wrong with that. There we go. Should I there hold it like an idiot so people can see? The acquisition of all time is finally complete. 
Microsoft has completed the purchase of Activision Blizzard. In the year of Christianity's 2023. (laughs) I went, I jumped on um, Game Pass, like day one, just to see if things started leaking in. Nothing yet. Not, it's not no, there. no way. I don't know how it's uh, it's gonna how long it's gonna take to port over all the cods, all the diabs, all of the whatever else we can get. Uh, did Overwatch. you know like King games, like all those mobile games? Uh huh. Those are Candy now owned Crush. by Microsoft too. Yeah, correct. Arguably one of the biggest games of all time. That was I I would say one of the biggest reasons they wanted this platform was for King Games because mobile gaming has the potential to be just as profitable as console gaming and PC gaming because it's so accessible to everybody. I mean, just look at Slay the Spire, right? The game came out about eight years ago, and we're just now talking about it. (laughs) But uh, yeah, as somebody who doesn't own a PC but definitely owns a phone, I can now access it in my pocket whenever I want, and I do frequently. So uh, what now, you know, you've gotten my take a long time ago on how I felt this was going to go, how this merger was going to happen, what it looks like for the future of the industry. Let's revisit. What's your take? Microsoft has always been the platform of choice for you and I. I've, I've had Xbox since day one. I'm now, I, I play most of my games on PC. Are you, were you a PlayStation person? I was, I was a, I was a, I had a PS2. Before I had the okay, Xbox. everybody in the world had a PS2, Scott. I had a PS2. You oh, had okay. PS2. Okay, okay, okay. It's just I just let's be a board here. But ever since then, you've had an Xbox. Right. Correct. But it always felt like we were second fiddle to PlayStation. A game would come out <laughs> and it's like, guess what? You can play it a week early than everybody else because you have a PlayStation. Congratulations. Good you for can you. play these two extra levels because Sony signed this exclusive agreement. You can have this new outfit. And guess what? It's only for people on PlayStation. I feel excluded. And I mm-hmm. want to be a part of something. And this for me, especially when I look at things like Activision having some of the most popular games that I've enjoyed over the years in Call of Duty, being able to take Major League Gaming, which is like a high impact like esports mm-hmm. world and bring it under the umbrella of Microsoft means that I think it's actually going to get the limelight it deserves within like esports. Yeah, you thought it was big I, before. Now we've got I'm a excited huge about publishing this. backer. Mm-hmm. We're probably barking up the wrong tree, you know, just saying like, yes, giant conglomerate, giant company, take all the little guys. Just use your use your power, your clout, whip it out. Nice. Drag it back in. And, and, you know, they, they probably deserve some flack for that, for that being the new business model. But on the other hand, games. And games that you can pay $15 a month for, play the entire thing, and then never go back. Or if you want to, pay another $15 next month. Or several months down the line. Maybe pay $20 when they raise the price next year. Who knows? But still, bang for the buck, Game Pass has now become possibly one of the best deals in video games. It's crazy to me that they now own some of the biggest platforms out there. Activision, they own Mojang, which, which is they have. Minecraft, yeah. Bethesda, mm-hmm. 
I mean, could you imagine Starfield coming to Game Pass? Are, are you talking to me? Yeah. You talking to me? I'm talking to you. Where do you think it is right now? Is it on Game Pass? Yes, that's how I'm playing it. Oh, why wow, you cheap ass? It was a day one release. <laughs> Actually, no. You guys who bought it, you got to play it six days early. So yes. there was a benefit there to actually purchasing it. But on launch day for non-pre-orders, that, I, down, I downloaded it, whatever, I stream it. It's amazing. We're possibly getting that for, what is Modern Warfare 3? Yes. That's the next one? Mm-hmm. That could be day one on Game Pass. This November. Insane. Insane. And you know they're definitely going for that. They're working out those kinks right this second, saying, let's get it in there. Come on, day one. We want everybody on Xbox. And speaking of things that seem like a steal, Willie, click on this link here for the Rune Scapegoat. This is an article from Unilad that says the wealthiest player in RuneScape with more than one trillion gold has just been banned. Excuse me? You, you're so, going to have to break that sentence down for the lurkers because I, I know 100% of what that is. But for them, you just just break it down for them. Okay. <laughs> RuneScape is this old school online fantasy game that is still amazingly popular. And this dude who's been playing it forever suddenly had all of his funds, his in-game currency taken away from him he had his account basically banned for some sort of uh you know infraction and they didn't tell him what it was right away he had to appeal but a trillion gold in this game is the equivalent of a hundred and sixty thousand real world dollars dude they can't just get rid of him for some unless it was blatant cheating to get his money they should at least say hey if we're gonna ban you Take your money, get away. Do you remember back in the day there was the World of Warcraft controversy where people were, like, selling their items? They would go and they would put in the hours and craft things, and then they would put it on eBay or something and saying, like, you can get this really cool mount or you can get this really cool armor, and uh, you just give me 50 actual dollars and I'll transfer it to your account. They're I, I do remember accusing. that and the World yeah. of Warcock, which that was a, that was a fun <laughs> website. That was, uh, it's, it's not one that I went to. Did that have the two girls? Only one cup. The one chalice? Okay. Then this is what he's being accused of doing. And he said there's no evidence. Like, I, I don't know what this is all about. But it was like a big sweep that came down through. Imagine if you lost $160,000 after putting in years of your life into this game. I, I can't. I can't imagine being let go, like just being removed from the platform. Were they assuming that he was stealing? Like what was the... The community manager said there are very clear and recent instances of real world trading occurring. And this was not an overnight decision. And they're confident that they've made the correct call. Which brings me to my other point. Can you imagine having $160,000 just sitting there potentially waiting for you and you're an idiot and you do this thing that could potentially get it banned? I mean, like, that's probably how everybody everybody on the early onset of Bitcoin feels the same way. Scott, oh, yeah. do you know that I 
at one point when I, in 2005, I'm in college, I hear about Bitcoin mining and I, I'm like, all right, I'll set my PC up to do this. I set mm-hmm. my PC up and I had a whopping two total Bitcoin. Oh my. Not pieces, full. There were no apps like Coinbase to be able to monitor and maintain. And so I lost that hard drive. And that means I lost like how much money? A hundred thousand dollars? I mean, at its peak, you probably lost. Yeah. 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 You probably. I mean, if you had kept mining, Willie, you and I never would have met. No, there's just Why? no way. You would be living in some penthouse somewhere, oh. flying your helicopter <laughs> back and forth between your coastal estates. Just never would have happened. Or, or in federal federal prison. That's also true. Yeah, knowing you, that's that's probably more likely. Um, what do you mean? But hey, at least on that private jet, you would have had a lot of time to watch all these movies and TV shows that you haven't been able to. Hold like. on, I have watched some movies. Not only did I watch some movies, I bought some movies. Now you know, Purchased. in the day and age of streaming, that accessibility to movies early on is hey it'll be available to rent in two weeks so buy it today kind of like starfield <laughs> i'm strategic about i'm a i'm strategic scott i don't necessarily buy all of them just because it's like okay cool i'm gonna buy it now i will wait for certain movies to be available to rent well before i went on the plane blue beetle and mission impossible dead reckoning part one let me read it the proper way. Mission Impossible, colon, Dead Reckoning, comma, part one. <laughs> I watched both of those movies, and I want to give you my summary. No spoilers, because have you seen them? I have not to this moment. I didn't know what you were going to actually be able to watch. so, And I left you alone during the honeymoon. I didn't want to bother you. He did. So I'm, I'm it must going have been in so relaxing for you. Yeah, you know, there was a little bit... Uh... Of other things going on? Yeah. <laughs> Less relaxing. Aware. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, let's talk about... Do you want Do you want the exciting one or the disappointing one? Oh, I'm, I'm very sad to hear that one of these had to be disappointing. But let's start with everyone's favorite action star of all time, Blue Beetle. The one we all know and love. Just your summary, in case you are unaware, Blue Beetle is a movie about an alien scarab choosing a a person, uh, Jamie Reyes, sorry, Jaime Reyes, to be his symbiotic host, bestowing all of these powers that essentially are Iron Man-esque powers onto this person. This movie from dc dc has a terrible terrible track record of movies mm-hmm. is a standout hit Ooh, it is a movie it's... about family it is a movie that i think hits so close to a uh, a culture in the united states that so much of hollywood tends to avoid this movie is all about a uh, 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 Latino family, okay, with all their traditional roles, uh, with an abuela, mom and dad living in one house, uncle, the main character Jaime and his sister all live under one household, and Jaime goes off to college, 
for the first person in his family to go to college. Nice. Comes home to find his dad had recently had a heart attack, is oh. doing okay. There's these these kind of real grounded family stories that Fast and the Furious wants to get to when they say family. And this movie, I think, did it in a way where it felt believable and grounded and like you cared about all of these characters and the way in which he comes into his powers is a bit cliche, but dude, they look cool. Okay. Yeah. The trailers sold it really hard. I am looking forward to seeing it. Now I'm really looking forward to watching it based on that review. (laughs) But you're saying, I do want to say this before, before I, before I leave this review. Okay, okay. There are moments where it goes to the most cliche action pieces that we've come to expect. Like the the CG battle between uh, one suited character and another suited character is like a little boring. Oh, I mean, it is a comic book. You know, they have to throw it in there. But some of the tropes that they tend to avoid or put on their face are amazing. Like, I don't want to have a reveal because it's really fun, but the way in which the third act comes together and how some of the characters break out of the traditional ideas of what these characters would be, I loved it. I loved the story that they're trying to tell and how they're choosing to make characters grounded in reality for something that shouldn't be grounded. That's super cool. What are you giving it out of 10? How many tomatoes? I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. You heard it here. 75th, folks. Go check out Blue Beetle. Now, Scott, do you do you love Mission Impossible movies? How many of them have you seen? All of them. I have seen all of them. And because they space them out so much, I I know that it's all like one continuous story, but I have no idea mm-hmm. what's going on anymore. Just a lot of explosions, an old man running all over the place, being chased by missiles and helicopters and motorcycles and dirt bikes flying off cliffs. You know, I bet he's really hard to insure. He is. They People don't want to insure him because he's like, I'm going to strap me to the side of this airplane, throw me up in the air, let's do this thing. Now, I'm, I'm th- really sad, though. I'm really sad to hear you say that this is disappointing. I listened to a, a much smaller, lesser-known podcast called The Filmcast. I listened to their review of this, and every one of the hosts loved this movie. So you saw this before or after you actually watched the film? I listened to the review after. Okay. So, so you're the weirdo. Gi- <laughs> I'm the weird one. Let me just give everybody a little bit of a summary of where we've been and where we are. So the very first Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise came out in 1996. Great movie. You had people like J.J. Abrams directing Mission Impossible 3, John Woo, Brad Bird doing uh, Ghost Protocol. But Christopher McQuarrie, I think is how you pronounce his name. Mm -hmm. He has been the director of these films since 2015 with Rogue Nation and then Fallout, now Dead Reckoning. 
You know, some of my favorite things about the first movies, now that I think back, are actually the soundtracks. Like, the actual Mission Impossible theme song was always somebody who was, like, really cool. We had Metallica, Limp Bizkit, Mm -hmm. you know, all of the angsty bands from back in our youth. Are they doing that anymore? Do we have, like, Billie Eilish doing not only James Bond, but also Mission Impossible songs? No, there isn't too much of that. But it's interesting to look at some of, like, the producers leading up to these films. So these two films are the first time since 2006 that J.J. Abrams hasn't been attached to the movies. He got out. He's like, listen, if you're not letting me do my lens flares, I'm out. (laughs) Here's my issue. The trailer, I think, always tends to show one of the biggest action set pieces, one of like the the cool stunts that Tom Cruise as a human is going to do to be right. put into a movie, right? Yeah. And so if you're unaware of how they film these movies, they come up with the action set piece first. And if it oh. films well, if they like where it goes, they write a story around it. That seems a little backwards to me. It's worked so far. Okay, but this yeah. one, I think, falls so short. I like. I get it. It's a really cool action piece. Tom Cruise on a motorcycle, flying off the side of a cliff, skydiving, and pulling out his parachute. Amazing. But in this movie, it gets lost. It it shows up at a place where it's not exciting. It's not thrilling. There's there's train fighting, which is just I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that feels different about this train fight versus like. Speed, not speed. Yeah, but like or... there were movies back in like ni- the nineties that had people running on the tops of trains, right? What like what movie is the one where the guy's head goes up and it gets chopped off? That's the end of Speed. Yeah, that one. Okay, <laughs> it's mostly on a bus and right. then somehow ends on a train. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, okay, uh, but do you think this is suffering because they decided to make it an epic film and split it in the middle? Maybe this mm. is just, if you think about and we'll have to watch the second half, right? But right. do you think, like, well, they can't just shove all of this action and exposition. I know it's got to go in a little bit of an arc, but there's also a half of the movie we haven't been able to see because they're, you know, they're gatekeeping us from the rest of the story. Yes. I I could see the second movie fixing some of the things that we've seen in this first part. But the MacGuffin of the film, the the thing everybody's chasing. Is it the Fountain of Youth? No. Oh. <laughs> you know its story, its background, it's like the thing everybody is trying to figure out why you find out in the first five minutes. And so you yeah, as an s- audience oh. know the thing all of them are like, what could it be? Where is it? I can't believe we're going to have to go find this. There's no sense of like, holy F, what is it going to be? You just, you know, and you're like, oh, it, guys, you're, you're making a big deal out of nothing. That's always disappointing when we know more than the characters on screen. We're supposed to like join them on this journey and follow along with their thoughts and feelings and how they figure things out. Then we figure things out. It's like Saw. The very first time I saw Saw. You see Saw? I, I saw Saw. <laughs> When I went to Seesaw, I went to Seesaw oh. with my figure, with my uh, my sisters, and I was like, oh, it's got to be that guy. This is like, Did they want to Seesaw? 30... They did Seesaw. 
And after they, they saw like Saw, scary movies. would they want to go see Saw 2? I think they see Saw, see all the Saws. I, I liked it <laughs> when I went and saw Saw, when you got to see them saw the leg. And scene. <laughs> but I figured out in the first 30 minutes of the movie, just based on the way it was written, and I don't know if that was intentional or not from the people who did it, but it's just like the rest of the film I had to watch and figure out how the characters were going to put it together, even though I already have. Yeah, that's it's really disappointing. It's super boring. And and so the stakes in this film, I think, are just a little too low. Like, you know, like, I mean, the point of a Mission Impossible movie is that you don't see it coming. You get to the end and everything starts flooding together. You start putting together, oh, my God, I can't believe this thing happened way at the beginning of the film. And that's its payoff is right here. Like, it has these amazing, like, story beats that all start to flood in. And it was all so predictable. Well, I think, what are we on right now? Is this technically Mission Impossible 9, 11, X? Like, what are we actually seven? on? Is it, okay, so this is the seventh film in the franchise. We're going to have an eighth. At what point do we just start calling it Mission Possible? <laughs> Because <laughs> the good guys win every time. There, there when is one saving grace. Is it going to end? Film. Oh, pun in the character named Grace in the film is played by Haley Atwell. Oh, and boy, would I! She does a phenomenal <laughs> job. She's stunning. I love her character. Uh, the whole time I'm watching this film, like she has so much charisma, and to be able yeah. to like stand side by side with a movie superpower in Tom Cruise. I loved it. She doesn't have some. She has a lot. She has the total riz if we're talking about Haley Atwell. Yet. That's 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 what the kids are saying these days. She's got the what are they saying? She's got the get? Get. G Y A T. Get. Do we know what that's from? Ah, screw it. We'll let Miriam Webster figure it out for us when it comes out into the dictionary next year. That's our show, lovely lurkers. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Please tell a friend about the show if you like it and rate and review wherever you lurk. We appreciate your love. So remember, be kind to one another and we'll see you next week. (laughs) 